Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. What I want to share with you uh, is a message, and I don't think I'm going to get through it all because even in the worship, I only want to get through one point, but I really want to drive the one point really home. Um, So you just have to get me back if you want the other three. It might be another three times, so who knows. And... uh, but just to fill you in on what's been happening, of course, you know, we've stepped out from doing church to doing the church and traveling and uh, encouraging pastors and teams and speaking to the life of churches and cultures and doing things like that. And uh, it's literally been a year since we've done that. And now, uh, literally this month, things have totally ramped up. So we won't be at our home church impact for maybe two months or something. So uh, going to America next month for two weeks doing stuff with Ed Trout, and, um, and we'll see what happens from there. Might not come back. We'll see what God starts to do. But I'm believing for Europe, I'm believing for Asia, I'm believing for South America, I'm believing for New Zealand, all these places that I want to go and see, and they need a, a great message, hey? Because we all bring something to the table. You've got to know that. You've really got to know that, and you've really got to identify that, I believe that one of the first things you really have to do when you become a disciple of Jesus is find out why you are. Why you are a disciple of Jesus. Like Paul says, I want to grasp why he grasped me. Why did he save me? Because he had something in his heart when he made you. You're not some accident. You're not just... Let me say this. I suppose it's the Australian way of saying it. I don't care how you got here, but you're here. There might be some, like people might have a a mistaken pregnancy, but there's no mistaken people. God wanted you here and he formed a way of getting you here. And it might have been a rough trip, but you've got to understand that the reason why you're here, there was something in his heart to have you here. Number one, that he'd love you, but out of that love becomes an expression of love to the world and to order bring something whole into something that's broken. And see, let me say it this way. There is a problem in this world that you're meant to fix. There's something that's wrong, and it might never get fixed unless you fix it. There are some things that are, you know, I believe the church needs to be the center of creativity, the center of problem solving, the center of fixing stuff true not just the center of community say belonging which but out of that belonging should become oh now i'm getting into a message that i'm building (laughs) but let me just say this see we used to think and we used to preach and we run church we think because we're all about change we all want to grow let me even define that you're not changing you're growing let me say that okay you're not i can't become like andrew all I can do is become like Muzz. Is that true? And that Muzz needs to become more like Jesus. The way Muzz does it. The way, Muzz, the way Jesus always intended 
for Muzz to be, Muzz has to get on board with that and actually be who I really am. So I'm not changing, I'm just being who I really, really am. Can you see that? So I'm not changing, I'm growing. Big difference in that. Because a lot of us think, oh, I need to change. You're not going to go from a banana tree to a coconut tree. Some of you are pretty coconut tree. You know, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go from an orange tree to an apple tree. You're not going to go from a rose to a daisy. You're not going to do any of that. But you can be a great daisy. True? Just turn the person beside you. You look a great daisy. <laughs> you big flower, you. Anyway, come on. And so what we used to think is that Growing people was all about giving them the right information, telling them the right things, and then encouraging them to make right choices. That makes sense, doesn't it? The problem is we've been doing that for centuries now and it doesn't work. (laughs) You know, like we'll tell you all this great stuff and we're hoping that you make great choices and then that you'll grow. Now, if that was true, we'd all be amazing. But that's not how it works. It's actually not how it works. It works fundamentally, a completely different paradigm, a completely different way of you growing is this, is this. I want you to listen to me. Is ident- and actually, first up, knowing who you are. Identity, which is a deep, deep thing in us. It's not what you're portraying to people. It's actually, if you like this, who you really feel about you. And is that lining up with what Jesus feels about you? So until you get that right, forget anything else. Forget anything else. Get on with finding what Jesus thinks about you, feels about you, and you start to think and feel the same thing. And when that starts to become, let me tell you something, that needs to be default. That's what you act out of, think out of, respond out of. That's what you... Are you hearing? Like your default, your screen. Man, someone needs to hear this, obviously. Your screen. Are you hearing me? Your default. What happens when someone rejects you? You laugh. You think, well, that's funny. Because, see, if you've got so, because the truth is, how much does Jesus accept you? He accepted you while you were a sinner at your very worst, at your very worst. And you might not, here's good news for you, you might not have been your worst yet. That's good news, isn't it? Whoa! <laughs> you might not have had your worst day yet. That's encouraging, isn't it? But, but the thing is, you know what? Jesus loves you then. Isn't that good news? Your worst mistake, Jesus got it covered. And so he loves you. <laughs> come on, come on and every day is about ex- knowing that and experiencing that so that when people reject you what's your default of like having your emotions fire up to all sorts of things that's because guess what your identity still is not right
That's why you respond when you make a mistake or someone calls you an idiot or someone's critical of you and you get angry because they're right. And unfortunately, in other words, they're agreeing with what you really believe about you. There is something wrong with me. I am faulty. I'm not perfect. And now someone's found that out. And I'm upset about that. See, I'm smiling. You're, none of you are. <laughs> and see, when you, when you can nail that down, that'll take a journey. That'll take a journey. But that's what, and see, the second, so I've got to get identity. And then the next thing is this, belonging. Which you're now, I can see you're working on that. That's the revelation that I can see that's in here. That's even what your apostle is releasing into your movement, a great sense of belonging. I could see that's where he's heading. Can you see that? Knowing this is who, in other words, this is who he's saying, this is who we are. This is who we are. That's how he's doing it, not information. This is who we are. And when we all get together and we agree with that, transformation is automatic, default. You'll just grow. Cool? So I couldn't encourage you more than to really get into your Bible, get around great people who can see who you really are and let them talk to you about that. And let you really discover who you really are, which is totally amazing. Like, honestly, if we could get you to where you really are, Central Coast is going to get saved. Is that true? Miracles would just flow out from us. And so I'm believing for that day for you guys. It's, man, you're in for it. You are so in for it. Not trouble, but amazingness. Like, amazing. And I just really want to... Okay, I need to get into this. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. That's a good place to start. And we'll continue reading (laughs) for the next 66 books. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1. Who's the parents of that little girl that did the reading? You are? Good job. Very, very good job. Well, she looks like you. Very good job. She's quite amazing. You know what? If you, you're very rich people if that's what you produce. Amen. Have you, how many more have you got? Two others. Are there boys amongst them? Oh, good. It would be a shame to have just anointed girls. In the, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go. I've got a really good view. Okay, Genesis chapter 1. And I want to read this to you. Are you okay? It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is probably one of the most profound and probably simplest explanations or understandings of the prophetic, how it actually works, is that every situation you're going to come into is going to be dark and chaotic but it's all about how you see it 
See, God, the all-time prophet, isn't overwhelmed by anything he comes in contact with. You notice that? Our God has no enemies. We have an enemy, but he does not. Our God has no problems. See, you only have a problem when you can't... You've got a problem if you struggle. That's a problem. Like if you have some... You have a, a problem is a difficulty. A problem is something that you have not an answer for. Is that a problem? Mathematical problems is what? Something that needs to be solved. God doesn't operate like that. I'll just drop a few bombs on you and just... It's kind of, that one was like a delayed detonation. That one was. That was like it's hit and it's ticking now somewhere in this room. And so uh, he doesn't have a problem. He doesn't have an enemy. He's not anxious. He's not freaked out. He, he doesn't worry. He's not stumped. He's never, ever, ever surprised. But he's always joyful. The surprise is on our side. He's always excited. He's always enthusiastic. Because guess what? He doesn't have any problems. He's just waiting to engage in ours. And see, when you, when you start to walk with God, you'll start to see things. In fact, that's part of when you're born again. When you come into, when God's life becomes part of, sorry, our life becomes part of God's life we start to see and hear things completely differently. And so into situations you will come into, guess what? You'll always be able to discern, no matter where you're at spiritually, you'll always be able to discern the problem. You'll always know what's wrong. You, it's not hard to know what's wrong with the church, not hard to know what's wrong with this church, not hard to know what's wrong with the, with the leadership. You, know, you can always see what... Is that true? That, you're no genius. That doesn't take much discernment. Okay? You could actually, well, the most successful people in our church, you could go to work with them and you could probably pick holes in their processes and how they do work. You could actually do that. The problem is, you're not able to do what they have done. And this is the big challenge, and this is what I want to encourage you with. This is what I want to step you into or step you through so you, this becomes part of what you do, is that you can speak light into darkness. That you can go into a place of chaos and bring order and process and life instead of death. Light probably represents life more than anything else. Life and water, is that true? Throughout the Bible, they represent that. One of the first things is that we need to be able to bring a spirit of revelation into every situation. And the darkest of situations. So often we want to avoid problems and avoid people's problems and avoid weak people and avoid problem people when actually, you know what, I found out that church and life is full of them. And we're actually meant to engage with them, but engage with them not to be pulled into the darkness and pulled into their chaos and be overwhelmed by all of that, but actually be able to bring light into that. Are you hearing me? Revelation. And see, so and the most, the fundamental part of what I wanted to share with you is the power of your voice. The power of your voice. Because we are all made in the image of God. When you become born again, 
like in the Gospel of John, the first what? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It also says that what? He was the light of the world, but the world did not recognize it. It's a big theme throughout Scripture. Word and light. Speaking and revelation. Let me say it this way. Some things, you know how I talked about, there's a problem for you to solve? Let me tell you something. Some things won't happen unless they're spoken. There's another delayed detonation one. There's another one. It's going to go off in a minute. There's now two bombs ticking away in here somewhere. (laughs) It's not going to happen. In fact, it's like nothing is going to happen unless you say it. Unless you start to speak to it. Even that identity thing, guess what will start to transform you is when you start to speak to you, your internal voice, how do you speak to you? How do you speak to you? The most important voice to you is your voice, your internal voice. What is your voice? How does it talk to you? Does it condemn you? Does it bring up the past? Does it agree with, you know, maybe some criticism or however you've grown up? What's that internal voice? Is that his voice or your voice? Or is your voice agreeing with his voice? And what are you saying to you? This is either really good or if I've lost you all. Is it good? Please nod. Everyone, just nod at me. I'm okay. I'm all right. This is really good. This, I'm, this, my name is Muzz and I'm here to help. <laughs> I am trying to help you. So we've, we've got to learn to do this. And so in, let me just, oh, this sucker's turned itself off. Let's go to Deuteronomy 21 and verse 5. Deuteronomy 21 and verse 5. And it says, Then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near, for the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him, And to bless in the name of the Lord, by their word, every controversy and every assault will be settled by their word. This is the one point I want to just give you. We all need to learn and grow in and discover our voice to bless. Like, I want to ask you, when was the last time you really blessed someone? You know how we say some things we mean and some things we don't mean? Is that true? Some things we don't mean, like sorry. We say sorry because we just don't want to be in trouble anymore. Let, yeah, a lot of husbands are now in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I just want to get out of the, oh, the fire. Is that true? But there are other times when we do, let me say, we do say sorry, but the And we mean it. The problem is I've noticed, I don't know about you, but a lot of the negative stuff I say is I mean it. I'll just be honest, hey. I know you're not like that. But then I think some of the positive things I try to do or faith-filled things I try to do, I don't believe. Let me say this. 
It's like this. When you speak with your heart, do you know what I mean? You know when you're speaking from your heart? You mean it. And see, when we bless and we really mean it, that's what I'm talking about. And us being actually intentional about blessing people. Because that's actually what God has called us to do. As, as believers and as disciples of Jesus, he has now called us to be a blessing. Is that true? And to release blessing into people. Now, man, I've gone on. When this message first kind of came to us and we started to minister in this, I had to go, okay, does this work? So I started experimenting. Like I'm the crash test dummy of stuff. And I'm willing to go there and push the envelope and find out what happens. And it's interesting. Do you know this? And I'll drop a few things on it. Do you know that um, there's, there's a guy that started up a, a, a movement called the Vineyard, Vineyard Churches. There are still some going today. And it was started by a guy called John Wimber. And John Wimber was a Baptist. And he got spirit-filled radically and he found out and he thought, you know what, you can pray for the sick. Because he read in the Bible, he, no one was ever doing it. And he, get this, but he thought, you know what, I'm just going to see if it works. But get this, he prayed for a thousand people, not in a big congregation, just, can I pray for you? Oh, can I pray for you? A thousand people before the first one got healed. Imagine that, a, th- a thousand years, a couple of years worth of just praying for people in his church and other believers and other people before the first one got saved. But then once they got saved, once they started to get healed, guess what started to happen? Then thousands got healed. In fact, started a movement of the supernatural. So I want to say that encouraging you because sometimes we often think when we start down that track of, is this what I'm meant to do? It won't work. Now listen to me. When you, were, when you were born, you could not walk. You could not talk. You could not feed yourself. You were a noise at one end and a stink at the other. <laughs> you were one of those, what would you call them? Little humans. They're, they're everywhere in your world, I tell you. You keep making them. Um, anyway, so... But guess what? When you, first, when you first started to walk, or, you, you know, when our son first started to walk, when he was doing that, you know, they, you just encourage them the whole time. Even when they're little, you hold them up on your lap and you get them up on their feet and you bounce them and you take these little steps. And then one day they pull themselves up onto the edge of the lounge or up onto the coffee table and they turn towards you and they fall flat on their face. <laughs> or they go straight down on their nappy. True. But what do you do? Go, oh, sorry, son. I don't think you've got the gift of walking. <laughs> I don't think God's called you to this. Is that what we do? We don't do that, do we? We pick them up, we blow a big raspberry on the belly button, and we set them up again. And then we run away, and we get a camera, and we go, come on. You're going to have a crack at this. You're going to actually want to walk. And so what when we, and, and, and for maybe the next week or something... We're watching these little chubby legs make little steps. And we get all excited. When you step in to start ministering to people, it's the same. You are not going to go from wherever you are at, maybe hardly ever praying for people, to being like, I don't know, Benny Hinn. 
That's a crazy hairdo if there ever was one, hey. When I go to heaven, as irreverent as it's going to be, I'm going to run my fingers through Benny Hinn's hair. I'm going to muck that comb over up. I know that's very irreverent, but he'll laugh anyway because he'll think it's funny. And, but can you see that? It, it, it's, it, we need to... You see, we, we, because, we've, because of that, we have this... To jump, we want to be instantly super successful, which is actually one of the ailments of our society. We, go, we want to be instantly popular, instantly rich, instantly famous, instantly wealthy, instantly successful. We want instant. We don't want to do the process. We don't want to do that anymore. And that is, our society is like that and broken because of that. But in the church, it's, it's coming to that, where we're not discipling. And it's so great to hear what you're doing and your leaders are all that. Let's just get the Bible and let's just do the basics really, really well because out of that comes great things. So start blessing people. Just start doing that. And let me just give you the most bizarrest testimony. And this thing has kept going. It, let me just tell you this story of just recently happened or was from that experiment is that I'm driving, I'm in a, I, South Australia, I go to the airport, hire a car, go and get, go to a pastor, have some time with him, encourage them, have some words, pray for them, boom, 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 set you up. And then I get in the car and I drive out into the countryside somewhere along a freeway. And it doesn't believe me, in South Australia, it doesn't take long before you're in the countryside. (laughs) You're in the outback within 20 minutes. So I'm driving along this freeway and a, a, a semi goes past me, which was a miracle. And um, instantly, the Lord spoke to me, bless that truck driver, Mars. Oh, okay. And it was like, it was like, he, it was like, open slather. Use your imagination. Bless him. Oh, okay. So I come up behind him. It was this beautiful, big, like, sky blue one. It was like my bike's color. It was kind of cool. I was like, okay, I can really bless this guy. He's got good taste. And so... So I'm thinking, okay, what do truck drivers need? Oh, safety. This is about 11 o'clock at night. Keep him safe. Wherever he's going, he's probably just left Adelaide like I have. And who knows how far and how, where he's going. Keep him safe. Keep the truck going. And for the next 15, maybe 20 minutes, may, may, may it be prosperous. May he get a promotion. May, may wherever he goes, people be helpful for him. May the forklift work. May, may the load be prosperous. May he get another load to come back and make more money. May, and I was just trying to think of everything that could go wrong and make it right. I just thought, what would be the problems? What are the biggest problems for a truck driver? Well, let's just make them good. Make the, the truck food good <laughs> at the truck stop. May everybody be helpful. May he not have to queue up for anything. Keep him away. Even I pray the music that he's listened to encourages him. I pray that, Lord, he's, even when he gets back, his wife, and they're all happy, and it's just awesome. And for 20 minutes, you think you're going to think, of, I've got to bless this guy. Well, off we go, and he peels off somewhere, and I end up at a church somewhere. Well, the next morning, I started to share. I said, you know what? It was weird. Last night, I prayed for this truck driver, and I listed all these things. On the following Tuesday, a girl messaged me from that church, and I listened to this. She was in the meeting and heard what I'd said. Her husband worked in a chaff mill, and occasionally he gets to drive the semi-trailer to do deliveries. But he really, really wants to be a truck driver. He wants to do it as a permanent thing. And 
actually wants to get a license as a BW driver. But there's no way financially for them to do that, and they weren't sure. But she, she said, you know what? I just believed it. I took what you said, that blessing, and I grabbed hold of it. I grabbed hold of it, and I took it home, and I told my husband. When I got home, he'd just come all covered in dust, not been in the truck, but just been in the mill. And, they, and she just believed. Well, he goes to work on Monday, and he's working at one of the machines, and the guy taps, the boss came down, tapped you on the shoulder, and said, hey, mate, we actually want you to be now our full-time truck driver. Would that be okay? Not only that, we want to upgrade your license and pay the $5,000 for you to do the whole training to be the BW driver, and we're going to set that up. And I wish I could show you. They sent me a photo of him now with the big BW, brand new big Kenworth, him now traveling around Australia. Now get this. I'm telling that testimony now because it's awesome. In a church, prayed for all the truck drivers, which I'm now praying for everywhere I go. If you're a truck driver here, we're going to pray for you. Or you want to be one, girls. Rach. <laughs> You'd be real popular if you're a truck driver. And, and there was another... Another time, where were we? Where were we? I can't remember where we were. And we prayed for a girl who got delivered of a demonic thing in a church service. Completely changed. Like this girl, she looked like, you know, dark and dowdy. She looked like, you know the Winehouse girl? You know that pop singer? She, Amy Winehouse, yeah. There's all the non-Christians telling me who that is. How do you even know who she is? And she looked like that. And the next night... The next time she was, we were in church, we didn't even recognize her. She'd come up to me and say, oh, Pastor Mars, thank you so much for praying for me. I'm going, oh, I don't remember praying for you. <laughs> yeah, I was the crazy person last night. Completely different. Well, guess what? Her dad is a truck driver. He goes to a truck stop somewhere in Victoria and spots a chaff truck. And thought, oh, that could not be. Goes up and talks to the guy and goes, man, are, are you from, like, Barossa Valley? Are you? Yeah, that's where I work from. He goes, do you know? Yeah, I know. He says, you, you don't understand. My, I'm not a believer. My wife is the Christian. And I'm in this blessing. Well, the other truck driver witnesses and prays for him isn't that awesome it just keeps going see are you blessing people are you releasing the goodness of God over people because it still keeps rolling out hey baby it keeps still keeps blessing people it still keeps going because guess what when God said let there be light guess what's kept happening it's kept being light and the light gets brighter and see, I'm telling you guys, there are people around about you that need to get blessed. Have you worked with people that they tell you, man, all hell's broken loose on the weekend? Maybe that might be you here this morning. But we need to be the people that release heaven. That's been the big voice from Bethel is what? Releasing blessing. God is good. That's been their message. But we need to take that. That's been a part of the voices to the church. 
of actually demonstrating that God's not angry, that God actually wants to bless. God actually wants to bless you even if you don't know him. Isn't that amazing? That guy doesn't, he doesn't even know Jesus, and yet he's been blessed. And man, I am, I am not spiritual. I am not what you think I am. Ask Susie. But I'm just willing to step up and just bless people. Like what Andrew was saying, seeing people in a supermarket, but what if you just walk through blessing? What if you even did it practicing like just maybe doing it, I don't know. I use my imagination something like, well, Lord, let blessing spray at the top of my head like I'm a fountain. <laughs> you know how the, you know when you go to some place and there's a, you feel an atmosphere? Like it's bad or it's creepy or it's weird. Do you know that sort of thing? Like people walk in here, people that don't know God walk in here and go, man, something different. What's going on? This is completely, there's a vibe, there's an electricity here. Only, I've kind of felt it in a nightclub, but it's not like this. Is that true? Remember the first time you walked into an on-fire church, there was, a, there was an atmosphere. We all carry that. That spirit. But why not let it leak? Why not let it just be, I imagine, like I've got a really good sanctified imagination. But it's like, I, like God, make me like an ink blotter. Make me like, like a leaky fountain pen. Do you know how the, one of those suckers gets and wrecks your pants? Wrecks, do you know one of those things? And if you touch it, it gets on your fingers and then everything you touch. Lord, I want to be like a broken fountain pen. Like anyone who's going to touch me is going to be marked, inked. And then even what they touch is going to have that on them. Because I think that's the same thing happened to the truck driver. And I don't even know where the blue truck is now, other than he's probably now got three or four. <laughs> that he's gotten a promotion and his fuel economy is amazing. He doesn't get flat tyres and probably everything's going, yeah, it's really weird, I can tell you the time. From that weekend... It was really weird. I was driving along grumpy and then all of a sudden I felt good. I felt good ever since. Can't work it out. Economy's been great. Haven't been sick. Wife and I getting on great. Kids are amazing. Can't figure it out. It was a hell of a life before that. See, we need to be able to release heaven. And you can all do it. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.